0: محمد محمد. So he was speaking about, Aitullah Jawadi was speaking about um, khawf and, and uh, huzn And so tonight inshallah we want to finish this topic Last session we kind of went to the side a little and spoke about um, Uh, one form of grief or one of the origins of grief that these mystics have that he didn't speak about in his book. Atila Jawadi did not address in his book. So we talked about that a little bit. But now going back to the book, um, the last thing we want to talk about is he uh, speaks about generally um, how there are different concepts out there, one of them being fear and grief. um, That depending on the object of that concept. So for example, fear and grief, what do you have fear of? What do you have grief of? Depending on what the object is, that fear and grief or other concept that we'll have some examples for uh, will be good or bad. So it's not like grief is something always good or grief is something always bad. Happiness, joy, always good, always bad. No, it's not the case. It really depends on the object. And you'll find this a lot throughout our tradition. So, for example, he'll give you an example of um, Tama' We have this in Arabic, Tama' Tama' means, and we also have this in Farsi, we might have it in Urdu too Tama' Do you have that? Yeah, so um, It means to, you know, have An inclination towards something and want something And a, Yeah? Yeah, to be a little, yeah, it's kind of negative It's an, It has negative connotations actually And might border with uh, uh, On greed um, but yeah, greed has its own word. So tama just means something that you're very inclined towards, you might be obsessed with, you want to gain, something like that. So tama sometimes is good, sometimes is bad, although this word has negative connotations and usually is used in, in, in the negative. But all in all, he says, well, look, we look at the object, the Qur'an, because this book is based on, this book of stages of akhlaq in the Qur'an is based on the Qur'an, he brings verses for that. So he says, for example, when you have tama towards you know, worldly things. Um, it'll be bad. Um, tama' And we will also call, we have other words for that. Shuh and Bukhl. These kinds of things. These will be bad. So for example, the verse of the Qur'an. وَمَن يُوقَ شُحَّ نَفْسِهِ فَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْمُفْلِحُونَ Surah Al-Hashr verse 9. That whosoever is protected from the greed of their selves, they are the ones who will be uh, will have salvation they will be delivered they will have falah okay what what is shuh shuh means that greed towards what towards something worldly okay so the object of my tama here is determining whether or not that tama is good or bad but at the same time although as i said tama has negative connotations uh, the word itself and usually is used in a negative way. The Quran itself uses this term in a positive way as well. Surah Sajdah verse sixteen. يدعون ربهم خوفا وطمعًا Wow! It uses the same negative word for something positive, and then all of a sudden, this whole thing becomes positive. Let me let me pull up the verse, the the entire verse actually um yeah we have it used several times actually Hofen yeah it's like used four times that you know the people some of the people who uh are special in the sense that they, it says, These people wake up for Salat al-Layl. These are some of those verses in Surah Sajdah that are beautiful regarding those who do Salat al-Layl. That, that their sides get up from their resting places. And as they're getting up, this is so, this is so beautiful, As they're getting up, And they're calling unto their Lord out of fear. So fear here is good, and out of tama, well, what are you, what are you, what are you looking forward to? What are you after? The same thing that the people in the Araf in Surah al-Araf it talks about about it. They are yatmaun yatmaun. They have tama for what's awaiting them in Jannah. They can't wait to get to it. So all of a sudden, because the object of my tama is something good, then tama, although it's a it's a, as I said, it's a negatively used verb usually all of a sudden becomes something positive. So that's an example of, of, a, of one of these concepts. We'll get to some other ones as well. But what we were talking about was khawf and huzn or fear and grief. It can be good, he says. It can be bad based on the object of these. So, for example, he gives examples for the bad fear, the bad khawf or the bad huzun. inna awliya la خَوْفٌ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا هُمْ يَحْزَنُونَ Khawf and Huzn after you die, insha'Allah, if you are one of the awliyaullah, one of the people who had wilayatullah. In other words, for them, they didn't have to shaitan, they didn't have to other things. Okay? They had wilayatullah. In other words, they were after satisfaction of Allah in this life, uh, making them awliyaullah. These people, once death comes, la khawfun alayhim. They don't have khauf anymore, they don't have khuzn anymore. Which khauf and khuzn are we talking about? Any khauf or khuzn that comes after death. Right? So if khauf and khuzn is happening for us in this life, it can be good, it can be bad. But the one that comes after death, based on this verse, is not something good. Or else the Quran wouldn't say, Allah will not have any khauf or any huzn, uh after they die. Yeah? Now, based on the interpretation that this verse is speaking about after death. What else? What, else uh, what, what other kind of huzun do we have that's not good? لِكَيْ تَأْسَوْ عَلَى مَا فَاتَكُمْ وَلَا tafrahu بِمَا أَتَكُمْ Allah says in the Qur'an that when you lose something, don't become too upset. Too upset as if you lost everything. Even your akhira as if. No. So anything that has to do with this dunya even. Losing it in this dunya, losing anything in this dunya, if that's the object of my huzn, that's the reason for my huzn. This huzn becomes and this grief becomes something bad, something negative. Right? But then all of a sudden, this khauf, this huzn becomes good based on the object again. For example, وَلِمَنْ خَافَ مَقَامَ رَبِّهِ جَنَّتَانِ. So for the person who has fear of the rank of his lord or her lord, okay, the one who has khawf, I'll talk about this towards the end of the talk, because people talk about how, oh, we should not bolden the fear aspect of the religion, and I agree, we shouldn't bolden it in a certain way, but in other ways, the Quran itself is boldening it, okay, so people relax here with the whole, oh, it's all about love and stuff, and no, no. there's there's fear as well, but we have to just know how to use it, yes, we've overdone it, we have overdone it and we haven't used this fear aspect in the right places like i shouldn't be telling my 5 year old kid that if they uh, like play with the markers and draw on the carpet that they're going to go to jahannam that's the that's the wrong way of using fear okay <laughs> the quran when it uses fear it uses fear for something else not for these things but we tell our kids this all the time that's not going to be it's not it's going to lose the effect it's supposed to have anyway so, examples of good fear. The first one, لمن خاف مقام ربه جنتان. The one who has خوف of the maqam and the rank of their Lord gets two jannas. Not one jannah, two jannas. Alright. Or uh, That's verse number... Rahman sort of, uh, Rahman verse 46. Or, أَمَّا مَنْ خَافَ مَقَامَ رَبِّهِ وَنَهَا nafsa عَنِ الْهَوَىٰ فَإِنَّ الْجَنَّةَ هِيَ الْمَأْوَىٰ As for the one who uh, has fear of the rank of his Lord. What is fear of the rank of the Lord? Meaning, you understand the position the Lord has and you fear that. Okay? In other words, has fear of the Lord. The one who has fear of the Lord and as a result does what? نَهَا النَّفْسَ Forbids the nafs, forbids themselves of what of those uh, impermissible desires that they have, فَإِنَّ الْجَنَّةَ هِيَ الْمَأْوَىٰ As a result, Jannah is going to be their eternal abode. Okay? Within Jannah and paradise, this person will have Jannatan, two gardens as if. So we're just bringing those two verses together. One of them said two Jannahs, one says Jannah is their abode. So someone might say that one said two, this one says one. Which one is it? No, Al Jannah with a Capital P, Paradise. Within it, people have different things. Some people have one garden. Some people might have two gardens. The garden, not just some small place, right? No, I'm talking big stuff, okay? I'm talking big plots of land. Alright. So those are two examples for good fear. Khawf. Why? Because the object of the khawf is appropriate. But then you have also an example for good grief. Good grief. <laughs> good Grief, praiseworthy grief. What is that? ترى أعينهم من من الحق. Surah Maryam, verse eighty-three. It's talking about. Um, it's talking about these verses are talking about the uh, Nasara, the Christians of that time. Um, some of them were inclined towards the faith, to the point where they would hear these verses. Uh, and so the quran says you know why they're inclined towards islam some of them because amongst them are gassisin wa ruhban that there are monks among them people who are detached from the dunya amongst them scholars amongst them okay so these people and of course if there's scholars they know that there's a prophet coming and when they are when is when the verses of the quran are recited to them or what, when what has been revealed to you, O oh, Muhammad, وسلم, you recite it to them, you know, you see what happens? Tara. You see dam, that their eyes are flowing uh with tears. Yes, overflowing with tears. Now, of course, there's a little uh eloquence in this verse that the Arabic has. It doesn't say their tears flow, it says their eyes flow. So it just is kind of maybe just um illustrating how much. Uh, how, mu- how much tears they have it's not just like oh they're crying or weeping it's like as if their eyes are coming out kind of something like that why? because of what they have now recognized as the truth al-haq. this is a grief that they're, they're weeping out of grief Ayatullah Jawadi says why? because that why is it till, till now we, we're not aware of this and from here on we we know of it yeah, so this is a grief that they have. Why, we wish we had known of this sooner so that we could have benefited more from it. So these kinds of things, this is a grief. And it's in the dunya, it's not in the akhirah. It's not after death. It's in this life, but because the object of this grief is something good, then the grief is going to be good. So you won't really find total batil in this life or total haq in this life, something that is only batil. Lots of times, um, I haven't given this much thought, but I can say at least that lots of times, um, it will depend on other things. Dunya itself, love of mother and father and siblings and family and friends, all of these things are relative when it comes to them being good or bad in the books of Islam. right? Depends on why you love something, what you're after, these kinds of things, which, hey, makes life easier for us. right? To the point where you're walking to the bathroom and you, you have the right intention for it, that even can be considered ibadah, right? So it all goes back to these things. Um, the object of the grief, the object of the fear, or the intention one has. But of course, at the same time, we don't let this uh, cause any misunderstanding for us, thinking that, okay, from now on, all all that matters is the intention. And all that matters is the object of these things. So for example, someone might be living a very extravagant life and be like, oh, I have the right intentions. Okay, like, no, that's not something that is encouraged Islamically for you to go all out, not take care of anything else that you need to take care of and say, I have the right intention. Or that you commit haram, you say, I, have, I don't have a bad intention. No, we can't justify things like that either, but you get the point. All right, so conclusion so far, the grief here that these people had was good because the grief was over something virtuous, okay? And so here another word comes into our dictionary, and that's gham. Gham. Aytullah Jawadi, he does a little bit of a linguistic discussion here. Um, he says, okay, we've talked about huzn grief, but there's another thing like huzn it's called gham. And he talks about how gham comes from ghamam. Ghamam in Arabic, refers to clouds. What do clouds do? Clouds cover. They don't let you see the sun or the sun uh, to, to see you, right? And so he says, this grief, these clouds, just like we were talking about how grief can be good or bad, clouds are the same thing. Sometimes clouds get in the way of the sun. That's not good. Sometimes clouds get are bringing rain with them, okay? And so he takes it from there and he talks about how... Um, these things, these clouds that sometimes we feel are overtaking us are actually good things because they will push us to gain something. Just like how rain, when it comes, of course it gets dark, you know. But at the same time, those the, the rain that comes down, of course, is a blessing. Alright, so let's move on to um, some other uh, examples here of things that can be good and bad. So you can tell he's going on a little bit of a tangent here, okay? So for example, if we have good and bad grief and fear, we, that means the flip side also holds. We have good and bad happiness and joy as well. Something to keep in mind. Example of uh, of a bad joy. إِنَّهُ <inaudible> We, know, we all know what surur means, right? Do you have surur? Like, are you happy right now? Or do you have it in Urdu? <laughs> surur, yes, happiness and joy. The Quran here is talking about some of these people who, either because of their kufr, because of their sin, yeah, because of their arrogance, they were very joyous and happy. <inaudible> this person is talking about a person. This person, when he or she was amongst their uh, relatives and family and their people, they were very happy and joyous. Oh, are you saying that it's bad to be joyous and happy? No, no one's saying that. This is Surah In shiqaq verse 13, by the way. But Ayatul jawadi what he says here is that, look, if a happiness is going to be a false happiness, a fake happiness, fake in the sense of, no, you're really happy, but fake in the dictionary of God. Okay? Then that happiness that is fake will have a real grief coming with it, and that grief will show itself in this life or the hereafter, or both. For example, if a person assumes a position they're not entitled to, they're not they're not deserving of, okay, and uh, they're in charge of certain things when they don't we're not supposed to be sitting in that position. Well, the gam of this dunya or the huzn of this dunya for them is people eventually find out, and this person is exposed. And humiliated it and has to leave that position but even worse than that in the akhirah, another huzn comes and that's the huzn of adab and other things so uh, this is an example of a bad surur why because of the object of the surur why was this person happy but no one i mean denies the fact that uh, happiness and joy is something good actually uh, we have god knows how many hadith we have for this how mustahab it is to bring about happiness and joy f- into the heart of a believer yeah if you noticed I'm usually joking around and stuff It's because I want to make you happy so I get so up right <laughs> that's my justification <laughs> but um uh yeah we have this we have this uh, in our in our uh, literature once again so sur is-, is good In these cases it's good, but in that case it's bad. So, let's talk about other surur now. Other happiness that is now good. Because of the object of that surur. Because of the reason for that surur. He gives the example of surah. Rum, verse 4. The good surur can be because of dunya matters. Things that happen in the dunya. And some of the surur and farah happens in the um Akhira. Okay, so both are possible. Good, surur, and farah. Farah means happiness. Uh they can happen here and they can happen there, and and they can be good. For example, does anyone know which verse this is? Which one is talking about? Let me translate it. That everything is in Allah's hands, okay. Al-amr. The affair belongs to Allah. Allah makes the final decision. Before and after. And on that day, the mu'minun will be happy. Do you know which one is talking about here? What story it's talking about? Surah uh, Rum. What is it talking about? Does anyone know? Rum. Surah Rum, in the beginning of it, where the prediction is made that the Romans will defeat the Persians in a few years. في In a few years. Now, the Quran says on that day when the Romans defeat the Persians, the Mu'minun are gonna be happy. The believers, the Muslims are gonna be happy. Why? Because back then the Romans, the Byzantines, they were Mu'bahideen, the they were monotheists, right? The Persians, on the other hand, um, they were not, they were, they were pagans, right? And so there was a war in which the um, these Muwahideen, although they're people of the book, the Christians, but they then they, they're Muwahideen, they lost to the Persians. And so some of these pagans apparently were happy about that and rejoicing over that because they're like, look, they believe in one God too, but you see they got defeated. The Quran says, don't worry, in a few years they're going to defeat them. The Romans will defeat the Persians and that's what happened. It's a famous story and verse and they usually use this verse to say, oh, look, see the Quran is a miracle because it's foretelling the future. All right. Anyway, what word is used here? Yafrahul mu'minun. For something that has to do with this dunya, that's happening in this dunya and that is the victory of the of the Christians over the pagans, right? It's a dunya thing. It has to do with the minor struggle, al-jihad al-asghar. And so still it's a positive thing. It's a good farah. On the, on the, we have the Akhirah as well. On the Day of Judgment, also there's going to be Farah. Surah Insan, verse 11, it says that Allah protect them, protected them from the Shar and evil of that day. The Day of Judgment, yeah, it will come with evil for those who deserve it. Okay? I don't know if we can term it as evil, but it's going to be bad for some people for sure. It carries with it some bad, but Allah protects the believers from the bad of that day. What else does He do, Allah, in addition to protecting? Bestows upon them, Nadrah. Nadrah with a dad means freshness. Okay? وصرورة, and happiness and joy okay so this is good this is good so look at that Huzn and I want to say this Huzn and Khawf these are two things that can be good and bad in this dunya but in the Akhira what are they? only bad there is no room for Khawf and Huzn anymore and the Quran says awliyaullah la alayhim walahum yahzanun the flip side, farah and surur, farah and surur in this dunya can be good, can be bad. But after the day, after death and on the day of judgment, farah and surur is always good. And on that day, only the mu'minin are going to have farah and surur, and uh, the, the 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 ones with the enemies of God. What do they have? All they have is khawf and huzn. You see. All right. Some other examples now of things that can be good or bad. Um raja hope. So usually hope unlike uh, tama tama had negative connotations, hope usually has positive connotations, right? And it's always, you know, life life only matters with hope and, you know, without hope life, you know, makes no sense and doesn't have meaning etc., right? That's what they'll say. But uh no, having hope in other than Allah is something seen as bad in the Islamic Dictionary, so to speak. So, لَا يَرْجُوَنَّ أَحَدٌ مِنْكُمْ إِلَّا رَبَّهِ Imam Ali says in Nahj al that don't any of you dare to have hope in anyone other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is saying number 82 of Nahj al La لَا يَرْجُوَنَّ comes from Raja, hope. All right, now, this is deeper Tawheed, I don't have to explain this, right? We have spoken about this before. It doesn't mean that the moment you have hope in someone helping you or you know taking your hand and so on that uh, that's a problem. No, it just shows that you we still have some work to do so that we understand that okay, he's Allah's behind everything in the end. Yeah, but all in all, when you look at it from that lens, it is something negative. To have hope in other than Allah. Or for example, the hadiths tell us the ones who have hope in what others have in their hands, what the others possess. Okay? Don't put your hope there. <laughs> you should be hopeless of what others have in their possession. Oh, but I might be able to get my hands on it. Okay, but how do you know that that's going to eventually solve your problem if Allah doesn't want it? Yes, you do your part, but Look, it's all about perspective. Have the right perspective. Don't don't ever feel like that is my that is that's going to save me. Allah's going to save you through that. Yes. um, So that's those are examples for bad. And of course, that example also had the good side of it. La yarjwana ahadun minkum illa rabba means that okay, the good raja and hope is the one that's put in the Lord. The bad how the bad raja is what is put into. Other than the Lord. So another example for examples for the good ones. He says, Yarjuna Tijaratan Lan Tabur. There are some who because they are believers, they have righteous deeds. لن, لن they have hope in a trade, in a deal that of course they're making with Allah, right? Tijarat that will never end or will never yeah, bring about loss if I'm if I'm uh, translating it correctly. So to have hope in a deal that you're making with God is a good hope. Okay? But what kind of deal is worth giving it hope? The deal that you will know never will yield loss for you. And that is only when you deal with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it's very awesome because you know, once again, we have to understand that um, it's okay to have hope in these things. These tijarat. The only thing that we have to be after is one that will not cease to exist, one that will not yield loss. That's the important part. Okay, I've talked about this before. How Imam Ali, he doesn't have a problem with pleasure. What does he have a problem with? He has a problem with pleasure and blessings and ni'mah that ends. He doesn't like that part. يفنى, or تفنى, Imam Ali, says in Balagha, I have nothing to do with blessings that end. Oh, so I thought you had problems with blessings. I thought you had problems with... uh, uh, Oh yeah, it's a... Uh, he says, وَلَذَّةٍ لَا تَبْقَى yafna يَفْنَى وَلَذَّةٍ لَا تَبْقَى Something like that. Which means blessings that cease to exist and uh pleasures that don't persist okay so that is that that's the qualifier right there that's important he doesn't have a problem with pleasure he's like i'm going to i'm going to shoot for the pleasure that never ends okay that's going to happen in jannah so i want to strike a deal with god but a deal that's going to never yield loss so it's okay to be interested in deals and business and all of that Right? But be after the one that never yields loss is always going to be there for you. Have hope in that. What else do we have of uh, examples for good raja? So whoever has رجاء, hope of ربه, to meet their Lord That's something good. Of course, what do they have to do? They should do gracious deeds. And do not ascribe any partners to Allah when it comes to the worship of God, which inshallah we don't do. So we just have to add more and more to our portfolio of good deeds. Yeah. And I think uh, we have other verses that scold the ones who don't have hope in reaching God, they're not looking forward to. Seeing God and meeting God. So the flip side of it has also been mentioned. That's how good it is, that's how important it is. Okay, so that's an example for that. Even our inclinations, our hub, our love of things. Love is good, love can be bad. Examples. You go all out when it comes to devouring. Whatever inheritance has reached you, whatever wealth has reached you through inheritance, you love wealth, yeah, a lot. So that's uh, that's you know, loving something can be bad, but at the same time, you at the same time, there's a good type of love or inclination or giving preference to things. They give preference over themselves to others. Even if they are they have poverty themselves, it says, وَلَوْ kana bihim Wow. Alright, so there are some people that are like that. I don't know who they are. That they're struggling themselves, but still, I mean, while keeping a balance, still they're benefiting others as well. That's awesome. Alright. And finally, I want to... So those, uh, we're done with khauf and Raja and stuff and other examples of things that can be good and bad. But I want to explain one thing here. What was, uh, going back to what I said towards the beginning, about how we have overdone this khawf thing, or have we not overdone it? Do we overuse it? Do we misuse it? At the end of the day, one of the stages of akhlaq, according to this, was what? Khawf and huzn Fear and grief, straight up. Okay? We have to understand that, we have to acknowledge that why is this the case it seems this is what i can think of that it is so important because without it we don't get off of our backs allah knows what he's created okay i'll give you a very dumb example yeah the dad might tell his kids to get good grades in school and that i'll reward you with this that and that sometimes if not a lot of times that's not going to be enough to get the kid off their back. But when the dad shows him the belt, of course, in this day and age, you can't do that. Okay? But back in our day, you could do that. Well, even my dad never did that to us, Alhamdulillah. But the way he just looked at you was enough, you know? You know what you got to (laughs) do. Right? Um, That's the best uh, skill to strike, I'm speaking, you know, a little loosely here, but like strike fear into your, your kids without even ever have to hit them once in your life, you know? That they will take uh, take you serious, although they know you'll never even hurt them. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, let's go back to the example. The dad, if he shows the belt, you don't need no incentives anymore to study, right? Forget about oh, this is going to be your prize. That's going to be this, that, Chuck E. Cheese, all that. No, no, no. The incentive, forget about it. Who cares about it? I don't want to get hit by the belt. We're talking about 100 years ago. That's how they would do it. All right. Same thing here, brothers and sisters khawf is one of those stages of akhlaq it might be one of the first ones this, at least this form of it but it's nonetheless it is one of these stages of akhlaq we will not get off of our backs you know what we'll do? we'll come up with excuses Allah says in the Quran do this do that we don't know adab is there no punishment is there you know what we're going to do we we'll say I I might get bored in Jannah so like you know I don't need to I'm not, I'm not going to do this right or like uh uh, I'm good here, I don't need I don't need anything there I'll just stick to the now Allah knows that a lot of us won't get off our backs And we're going to miss out We're going to regret it on the day of judgment like I, Oh Allah, you should have really like pushed me to do what I Look, look at what's going on, look what I'm missing out on Alright, this is one way of looking at it I want to say It's one of the stages of akhlaq because it gets you off your back If you know that no, it's punishment awaiting you then you will get off your back. But if you're like, oh, Jannah, eternity and infinity, still won't cut it for you. That's just how, that's just the kind of creatures we are. We stick to the now. We care about the now. We don't care how good the later is. Correct? And so it is one of the stages of akhlaq. So I don't I don't like how some people try to make it all about love. Okay? It is love. As a matter of fact, the verse of the Quran that says, كَتَبَ rahmah, Allah has made rahma incumbent upon him. Even the adab is, is Rahmah. The verse never said, That Allah wrote upon himself, made incumbent upon himself, uh, mercy and wrath. It doesn't say that. The only thing Allah has made incumbent upon himself according to that verse is what? Rahmah, mercy. You know what that means? That means everything Allah does is rahma. Even the adab is rahmah, alright? Now I'll let the Urafah talk about how that is, okay? But even that is rahmah. Alright, so if that's the case, definitely khawf is not to be undermined. Khawf of what? Khawf of punishment, which is the lowest khawf. We said khawf have this has different origins, right? The lowest one, let's say, is khawf from adab, okay? And of punishment, that's awesome. That's why like <laughs> all of these verses of the Quran are, are striking fear into our hearts because God knows the moment he eases off on us, we're going to ease off of everything else, right? Yes, it's not a place to get stuck on for the for your entire life, right? I can't be 50, 60, 70 years old and still have khauf in the way a 12-year-old or 15-year-old or 20-year-old is going to have. Insha'Allah, I've grown enough to move beyond that. And that's... And that's where this whole idea of, you know, you've probably heard me talk about this before. I'm saying it for the record for this class and the recordings. Um, This hadith, the famous hadith of three types of ibadah. Yes? What is one of them? Those who worship God out of fear. And then they say this is the worst one. And then the ones who do it out of, you know, love for Jannah or looking forward to Jannah. And then the ones who do it out of love of God. And that's the best one. All right, brothers and sisters, like, does this mean that now? Like from this day forward, we can just worship God out of love. No, love happens over a period of time. And and as a result of of me being an obedient servant of Allah. So I have to move in that direction. What are the steps to get there? Well, it starts with khawf from adab. That's what the Quran is doing. And then slowly it makes its way towards love of Jannah. Because you're like, okay, inshallah, inshallah, because of Allah's mercy, we're set. And we don't have to worry too much about the adab. Now it's time to look forward to Jannah. And then, because the Quran t- says that. And then after that, it reaches a point where like, forget Jannah, forget Nar, forget all of that. Allah himself, love of Allah. That's for the awliyaullah. That's for the Urafa. But so we can't undermine that part. Either. The Khalf part is there. It's the first step and stage of everything. So while I agree that we are not using the khulf in the right way for sure, and we're overdoing it, it doesn't mean now that we're going to put it aside either. No, it's part of the deal. Because it all will go back to us getting off our backs because we don't want a harm to come our way. This in Arabic is called Daf al Darar. Alright, the Daf of Zarar. Okay? Daf means to repel something, keep something away from you. Darar means harm. As a matter of fact, daf of darar, that's muhtamal, that's possible. We're not a hundred percent sure, but even if there's a possibility of harm is going to come my way, I will do something, right? To keep that away from me, right? If they tell me, if someone runs in here right now, some 15 year old kid runs in here and says, there's a guy outside with a gun. Are we all going to just continue sitting here? We're going to all probably go like, you know, find a place to hide, right? There's a chance this kid is kidding. There's a chance this kid is wrong. This guy delusional, whatever. There, there's a possibility. It's enough for me to run. Daf al-darar al-muhtamal is necessary. Let alone daf al-darar al a and harm that is for sure. If you don't believe that there is a day of judgment, if you don't believe that there's a jahannam and jannah, then we have an issue here. We have a problem because we these are usul al-din, right? So we know it's coming, right? Allah is going to use that to get us off of our backs because He knows. Uh, what he's created. And then, of course, you will grow out of this, inshallah, we grow out of this. And then it reaches the point, even if we do have fear of Jahannam even, it's not that we fear Allah and, and that because he's going to take us to Jahannam. What do we actually fear? We fear our own a'mal. Because our a'mal here, their embodiment, there will be the fire. As a matter of fact, Allah is just letting us know, hey, I've put you here, and this is how the world works. What you do here, that translates to something like this over there. Have respect for yourselves. Yeah, but if you do good, it'll multiply by ten times and all the good stuff that comes with it. So yes, this is one of those important stages. I would say it's not. It's not good to stay fixated on it, on it forever, but for sure, whenever you feel like you're slacking off, it's a good place to fall back on. I'll end with this, the famous saying by Imam Ali that look, if you're feeling it, you know, go and do extra mustahabbat and all that. When you're not feeling it. Fall back on the wajib and haram. Why? Because that goes back to the khawf and fear of if I don't take care of that at least, then <laughs> the adab. There's a, there's a good chance that the adab is going to come my way. And that is not something I am interested in. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Any questions? Yes. There's a lot to say about that. He's asking, you know, if uh, some people have more potential in this path of spirituality versus others. I would say, uh, personally, uh, based on what I've heard here and there, is that there might be some difference in potential. But then in the end, it's how much of that potential did you actualize, Right. One person will have potential to reach a thousand. If they go a hundred steps, that's a, that's 10%. Another percent, a person has potential for a hundred steps, they go 10, they go 15, they've done 15% progress. Really, the measuring stick is with Allah in the end. You know, um, some will say that even the family you're born into, the lineage that you have has an effect on how much of a potential you have. But in the end, look, it might sound unfair sometimes. And look, we have to fall back on... What we're sure about. And what's sure is that I have a certain potential and I have to try my best to actualize that, whatever it is. I don't even know how much that potential is. I guess that's part of the deal, you know? And I guess <laughs> the sky is the limit in the end. I mean, look at the Prophet's time. Some of the best companions of the Prophet, what were they before they became Muslim? They were idol worshippers and uh, adulterers, <laughs> you know? Not that someone could say, oh, but there was no Islam back then, so they were off the hook. No, these are things that you know are haram anyway. Doesn't, you don't have to have Islam for some of these things, you know. Or idol worship. Idol worship is something that everyone knows is wrong anyway. The only reason you're doing it is because you're forefathers. Uh, so these people became the, the the greatest of some of the companions of the Holy Prophet So yeah, there's different things that can be said in that regard. But all in all, I think the best thing to do is just to worry about yourself, ourselves, and how much potential, whatever, whatever it is we have that we inshallah actualize. Okay, Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, Wassalamu Alaikum, Wa Rahmatullah, Salawat ala Muhammad wa Muhammad. Allahumma Allahu salam wa Muhammad wa Alaikum. It's going to be Raja, hope. But not like what we talked about tonight, just uh, other. It's going to... If you remember when we started Khawf, we said usually Khawf and Raja come together, so we'll get there, inshaAllah. There isn't too much to say there. We might have we might move on to Sabr as well after that.